1: For free shipping and 365 day returns.
2: Hello and welcome to Made by Mummers, the podcast. I'm Zoe Hardman, a TV presenter, a radio broadcaster and a mummy to my beautiful 18-month-old daughter, Luna. And I'm Georgia
3: Dayton. I work in marketing for House of Fraser and I am mum to a little cheeky boy, Axel, who's 19 months old.
2: And together... We are made by mummers. Uh, so Georgia and I met in a coffee shop whilst we were both pregnant and living in Cheltenham at the time. And suddenly, we kind of found ourselves moving from London, leaving all of our mates, knowing absolutely nobody up there, and having our babies. And all I can say is, thank God that we met that day. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we spent the next year of motherhood drinking coffee, getting back into shape in the gym, or trying to anyway, <laughs> uh, and getting through the odd bottle of wine as well, and launching our mummy blog, a place for expectant mums, new mummies, or seasoned pros to come and find out all the brands that we were loving products that we can't live without and also for help support love and impartial non-judgmental advice so
3: on this series we'll be chatting to some of our favorite
2: celebrity females
3: about their experiences from being pregnant to the birth and the aftermath we'll have a sleep expert give you all her insider tips on a peaceful night time some much-needed beauty tips and products for quick fixes for the busy mummy baby classes and toys worth investing
2: in how to travel with a
3: little one you name it we will cover it
2: i think it's time to get into it shall we g let's go. So this week we are discussing birth. <laughs> Take a deep breath. I'll do my birth breathing. <laughs> yeah we're talking about birth. Um, the pinnacle of nearly 10 months of growing uh, a tiny human and suddenly there is this monumental life-changing moment that you go through and I guess the question to you is Georgia what is your birth story?
3: Um, I think I should start by saying that before I was pregnant I was absolutely petrified of hospitals, doctors, needles <laughs> Anything. I mean, even taking a tablet for me was a big deal. So when I was pregnant, immediately I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to give birth. I genuinely thought that when this moment came, they would have invented something that meant I could be put to sleep and I just wouldn't have to go through any of it. So it was definitely something that I was really scared about. And the further on that I got, the more I looked into it. Re- you know, it is scary. You don't know how it's going to happen, and I didn't have a. I didn't have a plan, um, which was good in the end because you, you can't really plan because you don't you didn't know have what a plan at happen. all? No, nope. uh, for me, it was just I'll just see. I'll just see what happens on the day. Had you done any prep in terms
2: of? Have you taken any classes?
3: I did NCT. Um, I. Don't think I really learnt that much about birth <laughs> from it, other than that it sounded horrendous. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't really. I mean yeah I I didn't I just thought I'll just see I'll just see what happens on on the day so it turned out that I had to be induced because I went over which I think is quite common in your first pregnancy how far so I was almost 42 weeks and I (sighs) begged to get induced early because my husband was going to be playing um like football in Newcastle somewhere um and he was going to be away if it went to actual um you know 40 plus 14 days or whatever um so I went in on the Saturday and I was all prepared you know had a blow dry did all that stuff <laughs> oh
2: george of rocked, course you did
3: <laughs> rocked up to the hospital and i was like oh yes hi i'm booked in for my induction at 11 30 or whatever my mum was laughing like you literally turned up like you were going like yeah for a massage like oh hello yeah just coming for my induction sat down they did the um the pessary induction and they sort of said to me this probably isn't going to work but, you know, go off, have something to eat, you know, have a look around the shops. I got In the yeah. supermarket? Uh, well, i sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you weren't in the supermarket. You no, were obviously in, in the, the hospital. hospital. Yeah, That's going- my baby brain.
3: <laughs> so I did. So I went down to the cafe in the hospital. And by this time, it was about 10 minutes on, I was already feeling really weird and getting really bad pains.
2: Contractions, so ha- they're called. Yeah,
3: I didn't really know what they were at the time. Sure, but I was sure. just getting stabbing pains so I thought oh gosh so we went for a walk around after I'd had a coffee and I said listen I can't go anywhere we're gonna have to go back up my mum and James my husband thought I was being a complete drama queen but as we got upstairs they realized I had gone into labor like really really quickly I'd taken to the induction or it might be been the sweep oh, that's another thing um you know really quickly and then after that I just kind of got through it um didn't really have any I think I had No, I didn't even have gas and air um, until I was about nine centimetres. I just completely zoned out, which I think is what you learn in hypnobirthing. Mm. But I just obviously just did it. I just I didn't talk. James and my um, my mum were just reading magazines to me. I just, I don't know, just zoned out, took myself to a different screaming? place. No, no, I didn't make a sound. Oh my like, gosh, not she's a Scientologist. Not a sound, I just, I don't know, I feel like I just took myself off. I just <laughs> didn't want to be there, didn't even want to be in hospital, didn't want anything to do with what was going on. I just didn't want to be there, just wanted it over. How long was the whole experience? Um... I think on my notes it says six hours oh my god um so that's it's, really quick it is quick and I got yes yeah, so I got to nine centimeters and then I said I actually spoke right I'm having an epidural and they said no 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 you can't you can't I said listen I'm having an epidural give me an epidural and they did and they obviously got in trouble for it after the, the you know the chief nurse or chief midwife came in and was like I can't believe you gave that to her so they did. So it meant that after that, I just didn't feel anything.
2: Yeah, of course. But why do they give you the epidural at nine centimetres dilated? Because I had
3: in my head that I just did not want to feel that end bit. I thought if I feel this last bit, I just I'm just never going to do it again. So they did it. And, and it was actually it was good. I did slow down slightly. Yeah, it does um, slow it down. Uh, But not that much, and they gave me some sage oil to smell, which I didn't know anything about, but it must have worked. because I was only pushing for about 20 minutes, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I didn't actually feel the end. I didn't feel it at the beginning. You know that the the push, the contractions, and all that were, were obviously really bad. That I just zoned out.
2: Now, knowing you the way that I do, I can imagine <laughs> and picture all of this process taking place. The silence, the just getting on with it, yeah. not wanting to feel. I, I know you so well. So and the, this the birthing stories are so different. And how did you feel once you'd actually given birth? Amazing,
3: uh, absolutely amazing that like, i really achieved something. But I just, it was almost like, and now you're back in the room. Like I'd gone through all of. This just not being there, yeah. out of it. I mean, yeah. my husband's fingers were bleeding because I'd been squeezing his hand that tight.
2: He yeah. he was in he was in tears, and <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just like, and did you feel that instant? Bond and love with Axel?
3: I don't know. I think this is one of those really weird, um, you know, discussions because a lot of people don't feel that straight away. And I don't know. I obviously felt relieved and amazed. And when they put him on me, I obviously looked down and I couldn't believe he was my son and I had that thing. But I don't know if I got that, like overwhelming
2: sense of love straight away did you suffer from any postnatal depression did you feel down about the birthing experience because sometimes they say when you go through a quick birth it's almost just as traumatic as having a very long and traumatic in yeah. colors, long birth they yeah. say because of the hormones are released much quicker so then your whole body has to instead of them drip feeding throughout three days or two days or however long it is you know in four or six hours you get this overpowering kind of
3: yeah it was literally like wham bam done home yeah and suddenly i was home with a baby and uh, yeah i I don't know if i felt particularly down maybe like day three i've probably felt a bit down and was crying but i remember the the next day when the midwife came out, i was you yeah, know i've got i've got this yeah, this is fine it's I'm so absolute, georgia this is so georgia this is, uh, you know uh, yeah I, I just guess it, yeah everyone's different you and, took it in uh, your stride yeah i i am just one of those people that uh, i don't talk about things when they're really bad i mm. just go inwards and i guess it kind of worked for birth because i just went into myself and just got on with it any stitches uh, yeah, I did have stitches but again couldn't feel them because the epidural was But obviously was still afterwards there. of course you can. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a different story isn't it. Well, we're the, talking the, about the aftermath. <laughs> the, you know the days after were horrendous and going to the toilet is another thing and all of those <laughs> awful things that come with it. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, it wasn't it was not as bad as I'd psyched, you know, you know, I thought it was mm. going to be that I'd mm. always thought since you know I was probably like 16 that I'd built up what it was going to be like it definitely wasn't as bad I know you definitely had a different experience
2: (laughs) yeah I'm trying I'll be completely honest with you I'm trying to zone out my first experience because I'm obviously going into my second experience very soon yeah and I think it's really important now to kind of say well that was my first birthing experience which was just very long you know it went on and on and on for 50 hours wow um and the baby, Luna, just wouldn't come out. I mean, my complications were I I just would... I was a week early and I just wouldn't dilate. Yeah. So I'd been at home. I'd been walking around the park. It was a Saturday night. My waters had broken and... Um, I remember getting back into bed and thinking that I'd wet myself, but actually my walls are broken. broken. And then on the Sunday, I spent the whole day walking around the park in Cheltenham. We went for lunch and this waitress came over and was like, are you okay? You look like you're in labour. And I was like, I am. Hold on a second. And she was like, she's having contractions. And I was like, will you just stay calm? I'm trying to stay calm. Do you remember? Um, and by the time I'd gone in, I'm, I thought in my head, oh, I must be six or seven centimetres dilated by now because it'd been going on. And at that point, they were like, you're just one centimetres dilated. But my contractions were so close together. Yeah. So, you know, after gas and air and dimorphine and it, it just it was really traumatic on my body. And By Monday afternoon, I was still only three, three, four centimetres dilated. Wow. Um, And at that point, I pulled the plug, um, came out the water, pulled the plug and said, get me to Gloucester Hospital where I need. I was just like, I need an epidural now because I just couldn't take it. Luna had turned spine on spine, which is one of the most painful experiences in birth to go through. Obviously, I've been vomiting off the dimorphine um, and I needed forceps, um, vontous, episiotomy, epidural. And then eventually baby came at about half past 11 at night. So everything. I mean, it was really hardcore. I couldn't, you know, I had um, a catheter as well. Oh. And it was just, yeah, it was it was a really frightening experience for me because I, in my head, mm. you know, I had, we had done hypnobirthing. So I was really ready for this Zen moment where the baby yeah. would, I wanted to give birth in the water because I'm such a, a water baby. And I wasn't prepared, I don't think, for the flip that happened, Yeah, which I think is kind of a key bit of advice to anybody that's about to go into labour is that, yes, I think having a plan is quite a good idea, but be prepared for that all to go out of the window yeah
3: it is it's one of those things that don't you know write the story before it happens yeah because you never know what's gonna happen you know you don't, you don't know you might get stuck in the motorway on you know in traffic <laughs> and then you have to give birth on the side of the road oh god
2: not <laughs> that we're filling your heads with anything but that might happen yeah it might happen. i think you just have to yeah. be
3: prepared and yeah. know that you know it's all
2: gonna be all right yeah this time round um i haven't done much prep but i'm prepping in my head so i was obviously getting ready to have a c-section because the baby was breached baby's now turned my placenta is now not lying low so when i went in for my growth scan you know week ago they were like no you're on for a natural birth get your head around it so now i'm just prepping again to be like it's not going to be as long as it was last time my body knows what to do yeah and we're just going to go for it and see what happens
3: and it's going to be better because it has to be you've got to think positively
2: No, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And do you know what? I'm also really prepared for the aftermath now. I got really bad blues really yeah. bad blues a few weeks afterwards and i just could not stop crying and i remember on day five of the tears just thinking why am i still crying and now i know it's the hormones yeah
3: it is i was talking to some girls yesterday and they're onto their second babies um they both had boys around the same time and they were sort of saying that you feel really guilty you know the second time round because you've already got a child to look after mm. and then you're there you know emotions everywhere and one of them said i actually got to that stage where I thought no can't do this want to send you back (laughs) and that's such an awful Mm -hmm. you know an awful thing to say but I think we can all admit that we've all felt like that um you know definitely probably like a week on I thought to myself wow, did I really think this through? Mm, did I mm. really realise how much this was going to change my life? Yeah,
2: um, All very, very natural thoughts to be thinking.
3: Yeah, and then you come out of it again
2: and you you get into your flow and then it's amazing. Yeah, and I think it's key to remember that as well, that if you go through the dark times, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is. <laughs> so we sat down with Nadia Zawala, who's one of my favourite TV presenters. She's very opinionated. She came in to talk to us all about birth she's got two very different home birth stories which were brilliant oh they were toe curling oh I can't wait to hear this she is a mother. She is an author. She's fresh from the—I can't say sofa, but stools—at loose women. Yeah. <laughs> it's Nadia Zwala. How oh, are you? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Oh. It's just the best
4: thing, isn't it, for women to just talk about their births again? Yes. You do Because you know, I'm a lot older than you girls. You know, I'm 53 now. I was a late—I was a late starter because my second baby was—I was 42. But I feel I don't talk about my birth really anymore because I'm past that age. So it's really nice to take a little yeah. journey back. Oh, go
2: for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you've got two kids
4: i've got two i'm a stepmom to two um and i have two with mark and both of my children were home births so i mean that in itself is quite unusual being an an older mom as well because i was 38 with my first baby and I mean you would have thought the world was going to stop turning you know the medics because you are called I can't remember what the terminology is geriatric yeah you're called a geriatric <laughs> yeah, you're not you are if you're over yeah. 35
3: you're called a geriatric mother
4: yeah yeah so so they so they and, and then a the first baby as well to say that you want to have them at home is that they're, they're sort of outraged and horrified so I went totally down the alternative route I had a um what are they called? These midwives. I can't remember now what they're called. Doulas. No, no, it's not a doula, but it's an independent midwife. So therefore, it's nothing to do with the NHS. You pay for, I think it's about 1200 hundred and they can do all the things that you're maybe not allowed to do in hospitals. So we let you go longer and all that I stuff. I was
2: going to say, were they, were they saying to you, the NHS midwife, saying to you, you know, definitely don't have a home birth, you need to come into hospital, have a baby there, or were you adamant that you wanted to give birth at home?
4: Um, I didn't get as far as talking to the NHS midwives, but um, right at the beginning, the very first appointment I had with the doctor, there was that tone. So I just never went back to the doctor. I never went to the doctor again. (laughs) Did you have scans and stuff, though? Yeah, I had one scan, um, but I was just trying to do minimum intervention of any sort. So, you know... Uh, which is crazy when I think of my whole life was all about Jack Danielson (laughs) 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 or gin to take away the pain. And then suddenly I thought, oh no, I won't have any painkillers. I will not have anything when I did the hardest thing in my entire life. What was the thought process behind that? Well, I'd always been holistic. I'd used homeopathy for t- twenty years previously. My sister had already had, who you Georgia knows well, two children at home, so I had a really positive um, impression of it. and And I do passionately believe that women we're not ill. You know, if if, there's, if your blood pressure is great and everything's going fine, then then you don't. I, I didn't want to go into hospital. I, I I've never. I've been one of these people. I'm the last person to go to the doctor. I hate to go into hospital. I hate a doctor's waiting room. So all of those things are going to inform, I felt, how I was then going to be if I went in. Why would I suddenly go to hospital? Mm. So I wanted to be in my own home. I live next door to my parents... Um, we're a very close family, and it's so funny because I'm saying I, 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 but my, of course my poor husband had no um, say in this. You know, we were talking about this the other day. Actually, I, 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 it was just never up for question. I was not going to have my baby in hospital under any circumstance whatsoever, and even wow. family, I'm just jumping <laughs> a little forward ahead, but I'll take you through the horrors that that even after three days, because I believe yours first one was three days ago. So, um, and they were saying there is an ambulance waiting. I was like, no, I am not going to to hospital. She's not being born in hospital. So you stopped go- yourself going to hospital, even though you were advised to? Well, n- the thing was, there was nothing wrong with the heartbeat. that She wasn't in distress, but it was almost Christmas Day.
2: <laughs> you were desperate to have your turkey no no I
4: wasn't everyone else wanted to have Christmas Day so suddenly there was an ambulance available but, but of course I was in such a I was in such a strange fug. I had no idea that it was Christmas Day because when I was given my due date I was like oh I wonder if she'll come on Boxing Day oh I wonder if she'll do never occurred to me she would come on Christmas Day so she was been... born
2: so just talk, talk us through that mm. birthing experience the first one
4: well the first one on my due date I suddenly got a um a, a contraction well you know the the beginnings and um I think because my husband had been through it a couple of times before he was probably he was like oh you know it'll be okay oh, it's probably nothing but I mean I definitely was and we we invited our uh, midwife to come in and um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like my midwife and um, she came and told me yes I was early stage so I can't remember the exact details as I say it's a long time ago she's 15 now Maddy um, and so she did that thing where they go away again and I wish now I'd had a gin and tonic because <laughs> with my second baby my hypnotherapist did say have a gin and tonic I thought nobody said that to me with my first baby well you
3: can in fact they told me that yeah. at my NCT classes did they? they said to have a bath have a gin and tonic or a glass of champagne oh, yeah. and 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 then watch a musical. Well, I, I love exactly that. what he well, said. Times, <laughs> it well,
4: did. In all times of horror, I watch Disney. I mean, when I have the most terrible hangover, you know, the kind where you just want to die, I put on Disney, and it makes everything all right. So uh, that's I can see the sanity in that. And the thing is, a large gin and tonic, a triple gin and tonic, even is not going to affect your baby. You know, you could be on the road to having pethidine or yeah, yeah, exactly. morphine. Yeah, yeah. So why did I not turn to Jack Daniels? I will never know. <laughs> so first, I certainly tip, did when I was drinking. Tonic. first thing is have a large drink and then have another one <laughs> because the thing is you get you immediately get tense you get overexcited however much you've heard you know you're in for the long run it's a marathon go slow and then go slower just go to bed and go to sleep of course you're not you know it's mm. so exciting and because it was three days i was totally totally exhausted by the end of mm. it so i if i think if i'd had a couple of drinks i would, would have, have helped you yeah, probably. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, probably red wine would have been good because you know how that can make oh. you a bit moody, yeah, make you a yeah. bit sleepy, yeah. yeah, a bit relaxed, a bit
2: sexy. Red wine, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. sexy. Well, <laughs> well,
4: I did consider sex because,
2: well, actually, I'll save that for my second birth. <laughs> <laughs> so the the outcome, obviously, it was a long journey to get there, and you do you do say that your first birth was very traumatic.
4: Yeah, it really was awful it's funny actually at the after she had come and I just was saying to her I, said, I just can't understand it you know what I mean all the yoga mm. and you know eating really well and resting you went yeah but did you actually do any of that <laughs> and I thought about it I thought well I paid for the yoga <laughs> I had the books about nutrition I planned to give up work a six weeks before I didn't do any of it <laughs> I didn't do any of it. If there was an argument, I was right in the middle. Of it. I was stressed. I was just carrying on. Like, everything was exactly the same. But I was in denial because I wasn't doing any of the stuff mm. that I knew made sense. So I didn't go to... I, I think I went to two birthing classes and it was just the most boring thing I'd ever been to. So I didn't go back. Yep. You know, breathing was just rubbish. Um, I didn't know about the surge and the wave and all of that that I found out about for my second birth. And every contraction that came, I screamed and said, no,
0: and brought
4: my arms in and closed my body down and said no. And I was petrified. And, you know, it went on. I didn't know whether it was a day, a a week, a year. I didn't know anything. I, I often refer to it as... As myself, as a survivor of torture, and I truly, but be- you could do, you could, they would f- find be hard pressed to do in a torture chamber what that is like if you're unprepared.
0: Mm.
4: If you're unprepared, I think is it, is, it, is a key sentence there. Yeah, I was unprepared. I'd worked up to the last minute. I was tight. I was I was stressed. I was exhausted. Mm. I'd made every mistake in the book, and I hadn't really listened to many other women talking about it and even as i sit here i'm not sure whether i should be talking about it or i shouldn't be talking about it. do we frighten women are we informing women what are we doing it's a It's an interesting mum Informing
3: Yeah and I think It's really interesting That you say that You were meant to give up work A few weeks before But you didn't Because I actually Gave up work Six weeks before I ended up having Axel And I had a really good experience But that wasn't something I did consciously That was just because We moved house And I had to and that, that was probably a really good decision because, mm. really, if I, we'd have been in London and stayed in London, I'd have probably stayed working
4: right up until the end. Like, they actually tell you to do that, I think. Um, yeah, well, you see, I, I I have changed my opinion so much on that. You So, you know, if you're going to run a marathon, look at the preparation that goes into run a marathon. I've run the London Marathon twice, okay, and all the advice you're giving and resting up – uh, uh, the London Marathon is a piece of piss <laughs> compared to to childbirth, and I think we are very much in an age where we are all multitasking and we're achieving and we're whatever we achieve we want to achieve something else and oh yeah and all this oh I was up after the baby you know two days later scrubbing the house well you're insane insane yeah because they say if your wound was on the outside people would be running screaming calling doctors calling ambulances mm. if you could see on the outside what's going on the inside you the, the old you stayed two weeks in bed. That was for a reason, and you are supposed to rest before mm. you give
2: mm. before you give birth. Do you know what's really interesting? Last week, so obviously there hasn't been that much time between my first and obviously the second baby that's coming. So eighteen months. It's not a huge amount it's of okay. time. It's all right. But I think just in terms of mental preparation, I've been sort of really really putting a lid on the birth you know the the first birth obviously very traumatic for me I feel quite similar experiences actually although I was in the hospital Um, and only last week did I have my um, first session of hypnobirthing for this birth getting ready for this birth It was the best three hours. I should have done it. I should have been doing it months and weeks ago because she's completely pressed the reset button. But also all of this trauma came out and I found myself crying quite a lot and really processing what my body went through and what I went through. And also what's come out of it now is this birth is going to be completely different. That's what I keep thinking. I'm moved for you because my second one was incredible.
4: That's what we want to hear. So tell us the difference. Well, the difference with the second one was I rested, I ate well, I actually went to yoga and didn't just pay for it. <laughs> I was very protective of myself. We're a very fiery family, and if anything was kicking off, I'd say, "Excuse me, my baby." I made sure that I lay on the left. I let, I let always. I didn't do any of this lying back, which gives you the back to back baby, yep. all of that sort of stuff. I just was no. I was just. I just did everything that you are supposed to do to get a good holistic birth i went to i i actually um had a hypnotherapist and actually had her come to the house which is a good job because i couldn't stop laughing because all she kept saying was imagine your vagina is buttery <laughs> butter 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 and my poor husband it was just the two of us and he had tears streaming down his face but my god that was a good image that And she taught me that instead, if you think of the word contraction, you think of it closing. Yes, yes. Right. what incredible sense. So she, I was banned. I did not say the word contraction. Surges. Surges. And a lot of people have a lot of trouble with that surge. It did work for me. It was a wave. So I did the envisaging the wave. Because if you think of a wave, you get to the top, and it always has to come back down. Whereas in my first birth, I was lost in the hell of the contraction. I, I I couldn't feel a beginning, middle and end. Was it going to go on forever? It would stop immediately. It would come again. And so that was incredible. I didn't have the midwife with me this time. I was on my own with my husband and my friend. So, so you had no one with you? I had no one there until the last hour. Oh, it
1: gives like, me <gasps> the heebies. <heat, but> <laughs> <there>. Me too.
4: <laughs> because I just, I knew that I just strangers or people that I didn't feel really comfortable with. I'd always decided I was going to do that. So basically what happened with my second birth is I had my friend come
0: stay with me that was
4: also my homeopath and she was coming for a week and she was going to be my doula and she was going to be everything and we were getting she'd been there five days and i didn't want her to leave so i said come on what's the trick to get the baby going (laughs) so she said well it could be quite uncomfortable but you can do it so it's a mixture of orange juice um epsom salts and cod liver oil it's an old-fashioned thing that apparently midwives used to do well i took this big glass and you have to drink it all down in one and um, then we just settled down, and I watched two series of Rick Steins Mediterranean, and I was <laughs> and I was in because le- I got the shits really bad. You just kept going, and what it does is it triggers the the contractions. Oh, so Is
3: that the same as going for a curry, eating loads of spicy food, Except having like, loads of sex? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, well that the... doesn't give you the shits. I don't think.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> We've gone into perversions now. <laughs> I think it's probably around the same thing, but I never know anyone that the curry worked for. No, I've never doesn't. known. Uh, no. But this works like you have never known. I mean, I decided I had to go into labour that night, and in that uh, that night, I was in labour. Oh. I sat on the toilet the whole way through with my husband's hands on my shoulders, doing the counting that we'd done in hypnotherapy. So it was what, it, with each contraction, counting through. Now, when we were doing that in the you know in the lesson I thought well this isn't going to work I also did do every single day the tape where I'd fall asleep lying on the left hand side and listen Listen to to the the hypnotherapy. I always fell asleep after two seconds but apparently it doesn't matter it still goes in so I sat on the toilet and Mark would as the contraction started, he would push his hands down onto my shoulders as hard as he could, and he would count one. To, and my friend was just in the background, just there if I need, and he was not allowed to move for about six hours, and I stayed on that toilet. Just and sitting a, on the loo? One. Two, no, but also I'd said over and over again, and I actually talked about this on the Matthew Wright show, the Channel 5 show, and apparently that is now used on the hypnobirthing film for the NHS. They lifted it from the Matthew Wright show because I talk about what I did, which was, as he was counting, I would say, I'd spread my legs, I'd go,
0: Open!
4: (laughs) And because of that, your body opens... Oh, i said it over and over for hours and out i never said no i said yes yes mm. so as the contraction came yes because it's bringing me my baby my baby is mm. literally coming on this wave because by the time maddie was born the traumatic but was like, no no i was pushing away my i'd gone into fight or flight because what happens is when you're scared the blood just disappears from wherever it's not needed so the uterus becomes very tight because you don't need your uterus to run away. But if you're going, yes, and I'm open, and bring it, sounds quite sexual. (laughs) My vagina is butter. (laughs) If you've just joined this podcast, I'm sorry. And I was going, buttery, buttery, buttery. And then there was a point when Mark wanted to have a wee, and he said, I've got to go to the toilet. And I just said, and this is the power of the goddess of woman in labour, I went to my friend, Bucket. Bring him a bucket. And he had to he had to keep his hands on and she had to help him with his penis so he could wee into the bucket. No way. Because he could not take his hands off my shoulders.
2: George has literally gone the colour of (laughs) Beatrice. Yeah. So wow. Cute. And that worked for you. And then,
4: and then when we really needed to come, we called the midwife. Then I went into the sitting room and I just bent over the sofa. And the first time, and then when she arrived, as she was coming through, you know, the ring of fire, the dreaded ring of fire. That's what was that?
0: What's that?
4: When the when the when the baby crowns and you get the yeah ring oh of God. fire. I didn't feel that. Yeah, I didn't necogel. feel it either. Yeah. Well, the ring of fire, you just don't. It will come and hear my voice, ladies. It will pass. Know that the ring of fire is your baby is nearly there. So Mm. it's like it is a full-on burning feeling, but she's or he is coming. So if you just... If you just positively reframe this and say, this is the final door, here she comes, you can bear it. But I took some gas and air in that moment and it was gorgeous. And it was just like, oh, I went really high. It was just like the best first glass of champagne, the best gin and tonic, the best first cigarette. All of that happened just with the ring of fire. And it was just brilliant because I'd saved it. I hadn't
2: had anything up until that point. A lot of women describe that as you know, being in that zone moment where they're sort of, it's almost like an outer body experience that they get. Did you experience something Uh, similar? uh, uh, Oh, that was the sound. I can still hear it. And
4: just, we got this amazing communication, my husband, my friend and homeopath, where I was just signalling. Then my daughter woke up and my daughter came down and looked at the last (gasps) few moments. Is she coming? Is she coming? And it was just amazing. And then I'd had three miscarriages so when she was actually born and I'd been told there was no way I was going to have another baby at 42 they said you will miscarry with every child with every pregnancy you have Mm -hmm. and there was this baby and I will never forget it and again because we were in that tight it was the midwife was there but it was still this three of us and my friend took the exact photo of when my husband went oh my god she Because we didn't actually believe she was coming. We always thought we would lose her. So there she was. And at that moment, the sun poured through the window on her, on us. And you know what? My other daughter was born exactly upstairs in exactly the same line. If you put a pole through... And we think that's where the spa is. We live in a spa area. We think that's why I was drawn to those two spots. I had to get to those two spots. There was nothing that was going to stop me getting to those two spots. Though I wasn't aware where I was. was, It was just a... Goddess thing, I was just that was the place. I oh, was that is lamb. incredible! I know, I've, I've got, got goosebumps, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gosh, it was it, it was incredible. And then the beautiful thing about being home, you know, I wanted lamb chops, so Mark went and cooked me lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> my mum's first d- meal, yeah. you don't get that in hospital, yeah. My mum and dad were next door and came round immediately, and then so they were holding it within minutes. Um. Oh and it was just it was just
2: it was just incredible. What was the difference in feelings um post first birth to post second in terms of that moment that you actually held your daughters? Did you have any my, sort of different feelings of love?
4: Yeah, my first baby Maddie who is just my absolute angel. She is just the most extraordinary child. I just adore her. But when she landed I was so traumatised. I was a survivor of torture, you know. I just looked at her and I didn't know what she was. I didn't know who she was. She had really wide apart eyes. We've talked about this. I'm not being beautiful. She's a great beauty now. (laughs) And I just thought, oh, my God, she's an alien. Maybe she'll go back from where she came, from Mm. when she came.
3: Do you know what? We've had so many people talk about not getting that overwhelming sense of love straight away and it's so interesting actually no one we've spoken to has said
4: that they had it well with my second baby it wasn't like I picked up this baby and I loved this baby it was better than that because it was a love that was Absolutely, in every corner of the room, it was just like vroom. it was just like a. The rush was so incredible when she came out, and it was just right round the whole room. So it was just like if you were to picture it, would just be like colours just going. It sounds like it sounds like I'm raving. <laughs> what it did was, you take? <laughs> that gas and air. It was one shot of gas and air and buttery fanny that did it, <laughs> and it was totally phenomenal to the point where. Two days later, I was saying, I think I could have another baby. So
2: that's the amazing... But mad. it
4: took four years wow, wow. to be able to say I could do it again. So that, you could, so that the... I think you're going to have a similar thing with... That's that the, the amazing
2: one. birth experience that my hypnotherapist was talking about last yeah. week, Rosie. She was saying, this is going to be an amazing experience for you. And I said just just describe that because I have no concept or idea yeah, of what, what an amazing birth experience is because yeah. my first one was far from... It was the opposite of amazing. Yeah. And so we went through exactly what her birthing plan... And it was something similar to this. And she said, you're going to get that rush and you're going to feel euphoric. And that might happen to me in two well, weeks. Oh, yeah. No, I think
4: <laughs> Go it, I've got a feeling that is going to happen for you, actually. Just looking, I've got a feeling. And I kept listening to those stories and I kept listening to those positive because I didn't listen to anything so I was in trauma and I was uh, I, I was just frightened at the first one and then the second one I decided I'm just going to listen to really positive things and I'm going to ask for the birth that I want I'm mm-hmm. just I would fall asleep say, I want this birth and I want her I'm not pushing her I'm not at any point going to push I'm going to breathe this baby out which they talk about in hypnotherapy, <laughs> and I did that I breathe I wasn't yep. a, I wasn't See, doing that.
3: I didn't do any hypnobirthing thing at all. So this is all completely new to me, but it's so interesting because I think I might have done some of these things myself. Yeah. Anyway. Tell so- us
2: yours because yours is really interesting. Yeah, it
3: was I mean we've we've spoken about it obviously earlier when the two of us were chatting, but I was induced so everyone says that's all terrible but because I didn't really know what induction was I didn't really know what that meant my mum said I walked up to the hospital like I was going in for a hair appointment <laughs> that's so you <laughs> like, oh hi yeah I'm booked in for 11 o'clock <laughs> and in I went and then um, you know they did the induction they did the pessary an hour later I was in you know in labour and then six hours later Axel was born and I had um, an epidural when I was nine centimetres so I did the whole thing without any Why pain did relief you an epidural because really, I didn't want the ring of fire. (gasps) Like, literally, so in my head, the whole way through, all I was thinking was, right, I need to just get to this point, I just need to get to this point, and then I'm going to have it, because then it won't be worn off. I didn't think you were allowed to do it. Well, you're not. But... I just said I Did just said pay? I didn't no I didn't pay but I just didn't speak the whole way through I just like kept lifting my arm up and that's all I was doing was just lifting my arm up But I was getting making contractions s- no
2: sounds at all zero
3: oh, sounds wow. my mum and James my husband Scientologist <laughs> my mum and James my husband were reading magazines to me and all I can remember is my mum going well this swartum you should be wearing this this and this and then that was it it was
4: done but you but you see there are many the things is I think lots of women can have those births my problem maybe if I had not See, the thing is that is natural, truly natural childbirth. And but some people have to learn it. Yeah. You had it naturally in you yeah, as I a gift. Yeah, I wasn't panicking. You had it as a gift and it yeah. breaks my heart that you had a blooming epidural. Hello. The Ring of is not that
3: bad. <laughs> yeah, but I just always knew and then the stitches after I thought, Oh well, I'm not gonna feel them if I've had the epidural as well. But
4: you don't always have to have stitches. Well I did. I but didn't but have
2: stitches. Did, did you not? not? No. Oh, I did.
4: Oh, the <laughs> second one I did, strangely, I did with I did with um kiki but it was kind of a grey stitch it wasn't like
2: the big you know the big shebang
4: um
2: yeah let's talk about the aftermath of let's talk about the second birth because it did it feels like that's the 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 one that's really kind of the been the pinnacle and the absolute Mm. sort of dream birth scenario um by that point obviously having had maddie did you feel like i've got this now you know I thought I could I know. have another baby. What,
4: you mean before but I went into
2: labour? No, as in after you'd had the baby, did you feel, right, I'm a natural mother now, you know, I know how to do it, I, even though the first one was traumatic, were you still winging yeah. it?
4: You're still winging it to a degree, you know, and, and and you know, I had terrible trouble with breastfeeding with both of them, and, and and I'd got to a point where I could breastfeed without having a tequila shot with the first one, and so I thought I'll be able to do the second one, and it was just a brand new stranger in the house, mm-hmm. you know, so that three o'clock in the morning listening to the shipping forecast, which I've never listened to before in my life. The shipping became, forecast is <laughs> the only thing <laughs> <or> on the <laughs> radio. Yes, yeah, the only thing on the radio, and and I'd be the loneliness. Of having a strange house guest that I didn't know what they wanted or how to give it because I didn't know what they liked for breakfast or how they liked to say breakfast or whether they liked to pillow or whether they didn't like—they are just strangers—and I think that is really important to say that to women because we do all carry the guilt that we didn't just feel all the connections all at once. They are strangers in your house and they're not going (laughs) to (laughs) leave. Ever. But bear with it. Take it a minute at a time sometimes and you will get to know each other. You are not born knowing it. They're not born you knowing everything about them for sure. And that continues right into, believe me, I'm with teenagers now, believe me.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah? Not easier, no. <laughs> um, were there any products or any brands or any particular kind of, you know, whether it was a pram or any anything uh, that you had in your home which you just couldn't live without that you need to share with us?
4: Well, I couldn't live without my um, homeopathic birthing kit because I was having homeopathic remedies all the way through both my labours. And they were, yeah, I mean, there's no, I wouldn't have even considered doing my labour without a homeopathic birth kit.
3: So for someone who doesn't come from, like, a homeopathic background, if I definitely want to go and go down that route where do i look like how do i find someone well, you,
4: you would need to speak to a homeopath you would go to something like the royal homeopathic society to make sure you're getting a proper homeopath properly trained homeopath and you would need to have homeopathic sessions before you went into labor Right. Because, okay because you could have they they could be 10 different remedies for mm. this uh, you know a contraction and it just depends how they're looking at you holistically so there's no way i would have done without that
2: um, do you give your children homeopathic yes. remedies? Yes,
4: my children are homeopathically treated. We, we, the whole family is, mm. yeah. Same as uh. us. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my homeopath, like he's sort of like a second dad to me. Oh, how And lovely. he's been looking after us since we were sort of six or seven. And I had really bad um, glandular fever when I was a so kid. So did I? And did you?
4: Yeah, really bad. I was off school for like yeah. two terms. Yeah, me
2: too. Yeah. Yeah, how <laughs> weird. And now Luna <laughs> takes Chinese herbs every night and she obviously oh. has her, um, um, it's like a... Well,
4: constitutional remedy yeah and
2: and also i can't think of it now because i've got no brain left but acidophilus (laughs) for her stomach and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah, she's she's a big homeopathic girl already
4: yeah Yeah, yeah. well it can be incredibly you know when your baby wakes up in the middle of the night screaming and teething pain you can't get to a doctor and you can get a remedy it is extraordinary because i was a non-believer i was a complete non-believer and then i saw my nephew who Georgia, you know zach when he was two years old and he had an abscess and he was lying on the floor, smashing his head on the floor. He was in such wow. agony. And we popped the homeopathic pill for that into his mouth and five minutes later he was asleep where he had been banging his head. Mm. So it's a very, for me, it's a very,
2: it's not for everyone, but for me it's very powerful. Do you believe as well, you know, in the aftermath of having ha- having a baby, it's kind of, it's a good thing to turn to? It feels like a really natural kind of warm hug to turn to if you need yeah. if you need any help as a mum after going through what you've gone through. It is It's a good... Good well, after, to turn.
4: after my first baby, and I often wonder how different it might have been if my homeopath had been there, you know, I couldn't talk to anyone. My darkest thoughts were so dark and I was so depressed and I was so broken. I felt like I'd been run over and then reversed back over. And I remember lying in my bed, whispering to her about, you know, you know, I can escape. And I and I was as mad as a March hare, you know. <laughs> I was exhausted. I hadn't slept. You know, a lot of that—no food, no sleep. It was Christmas Day, you know. Mm. We were my sister, who'd been with me for three days, got up five o'clock in the morning. Maddie was born. She went next door and cooked a full Christmas dinner for ten people. <laughs> I can it? imagine that. And then I had to go over with the baby and do Christmas. So I was not. So I was in a very bad emotional place after and my homeopath had known so much about me before was just such a constant because even with really close friends even my sisters I didn't want to say how bad I felt and how scared I felt Mm. and how what would I do with this child what would I do with this baby when was she gonna go back i'd wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be there just staring at me and i'd just be like oh my god what does she want
2: like in so many women so <laughs> yeah, many women go through that
3: i used to wake up in the morning and be like oh it's happened oh yeah i'm not living in a dream he's here and he's yeah. next to me yeah. wow how did that happen i yes. remember once
4: talking to my husband and then saying oh my god and he was like looking at me what what, what? he already knew i was bonkers and I said, in the house and I'd completely forgotten that I had a baby. And, and it, of course, it was her. She was in her bed behind us. <laughs> but I had just had a presence. There was someone else in the house. But, you know, when, you, when you're when you 38, you've had a pretty long life without yeah, having of a course. baby. Yeah, of course. So it is a shock. Do you know what? It's all right to say it is the most shocking thing that will ever happen to you. And if you think about shock with anything, when somebody dies, any sort, any sort of thing, it takes a while mm. to settle back in. And that would be my, I think, the most important thing to say to a woman that's having a baby. Just just let it settle. Mm. It will take a little time. And having two it's a breeze right (laughs) (laughs) your second one's gonna be fantastic (laughs) oh i'm almost you know what i'm almost jealous of your birth because you're doing and i earlier you said i should have been doing this earlier take all shoulds out of Mm. everything now you are doing everything in the right way you are going to have a great birth every time you can lie down listen to the tape rest rest and more rest Mm. And you're gonna have a great birth. (laughs) I remember.
0: Opera. Opera. My vagina is buttery.
3: So, other than your homeopathic kit, mm-hmm. what else did you absolutely need during your labour? So, did you have a ball? Did you have a birthing pool? Did you have a ball? Did you have anything that you would re- really, really recommend?
4: I had a birthing ball. I had a pool, which was a complete disaster because my husband had to spend so much of his time, my first birth, actually dealing with the pool that was leaking. <laughs> it was horrendous. When I got into the pool, because I really imagined that I was going to have a water birth, because everything in my life feels better if I go and have a bath, if Same. I'm depressed if i'm happy if what if i want sex if i don't want sex whatever i get in a bath But I got into the pool and it was like I was being electrocuted. It increased the contractions so strongly that I was screaming I had to be got back. So just the reason I'm telling that is you've got to understand that not everything goes to plan. Mm. So then I began dealing with my total sense of failure whilst I was in a I I was going to have a water bath. Now I'm not having a water bath. Let it go. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Get out. And it doesn't matter. But the birthing pool was really useful at the beginning if nothing else just trying to stay on it, to mind it. <laughs> just a balancing act so yeah. My balancing is yeah yeah I had one of those little fan things oh
3: yeah for your face I'd like to, to say that cool. was great but it
4: wasn't it I wanted was to take it and shove it up my husband's <laughs> ass because it was so irritating did you have any oils? oils no I didn't have oils I didn't want oils rubbed on but I did have things like Neroli and uh, geranium Uh, but my sister was very much passing those back and forth across my nose and I didn't remember what they would do to bring you back to revive you Yeah. yeah and she said that I responded quite well to them but I don't I don't really remember um what else? Are you, do you mean just in birth?
3: Or uh, just after, like salt baths or well, anything after, like that?
4: Well, after birth, I was so sore that I... Could, people talk about using a jug of water to pour it over their nun as their, that wasn't enough for me, so I had to run a bath every single time I wanted a wee. So if you're really, really, really sore, yeah. sit in the bath. That's a good tip. Because then it totally dilates the urine so it doesn't sting. Um and again, I used you know essential oils, and I used a lot of arnica. I mean, all, for days afterwards, arnica for bruising, and aconite for shock. Um, aconite, aconite, yeah. That's a good tip. And I really like the Kiehl's body lotion, the one for really, really dry skin. I know yeah. I used that a lot when I was actually pregnant. It's so bizarre. I got stretch marks at every point in my life, but not when I was pregnant. It's weird strange. strange.
3: Yeah, that is strange. I think I did as well. I had them in puberty, and then when I got pregnant, none.
4: No, nothing. Yeah. Um, I think uh, wax earplugs, not the ones that pop, not the foam ones because they pop out. Not a lot of people know about the wax ones. Yeah, you
3: push them in and mould them, don't you? Yeah, so
4: they're rolled in in, um, cotton wool. So if somebody is going to take the baby off, for you and it's been fed and everything so that you don't hear them cry mm. if somebody else has got them, put those in so you don't hear them cry so you can get a proper sleep just a couple of
0: hours yeah
4: <sighs> okay, minutes well, writing that You've down <laughs> whenever
0: i have to <laughs> share
3: a room with axa I do that oh god we had yeah. to do that on saturday night and i was Did like you? why
2: is she making noise at five yeah and ear plugs. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Nadia thank you so much what an absolute joy I love your honesty I feel like I've left today yeah it was great
4: well I hope that there is information in there but i hope there's also empowerment because i think as women we can really really empower each other
2: to have the birth we all dream of you know i'm going to be thinking about you and solely you in two weeks time
4: we're going
1: (laughs) Ah open you'll be amazed
4: how many people in my life come up to me and say that because they've seen the film where i talk about that and they say it worked it will work for
2: you okay I'm doing it. It will. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, thank you so much, Nadia. Oh, thank
4: you for taking an old lady back <laughs> to those blissful days. <laughs> Thanks, girls. Thank you. Thanks. Thank
2: you. So, as we did last week, at the end of every single podcast, we're going to talk about our five must-have favourite products. Um, and <laughs> the first one that I'm going to be talking about this week, <laughs> George is sort of shaking her head at me. I'm
3: covering my ears uh, and yeah, cringing Oh, stop it.
2: <laughs> it's called the Yoni Egg. Um, I don't know if you've heard of these. Basically, they are all to do with strengthening your pelvic floor because, as you know, after having a baby... Um, it's shot to pieces well mine is anyway so these are basically glass eggs um, that you put inside you insert them inside the vagina and you basically use all of your pelvic floor muscles to keep them inside so I wouldn't recommend walking around outside of your house <laughs> like don't pop to the <laughs> supermarket with these in um, but you know if you can keep them inside for sort of 10 to 15 minutes every single day and just really clench around them it they are absolute miracle workers in toning up that area because I'll be honest with you, I mean, my my personal experience with pelvic floor, Mine, I, I literally don't have any left now. Like, I wee myself all the time and it's really embarrassing. You know, or I go to the loo when I stand up. You know, I think I've done everything. I stand up and then... You know a little bit of we comes out it's yeah. not it's not a highlight of my life currently so i can't wait to get back into these post this baby um because i feel like it might be even be worse yeah so, it's yeah.
3: so important you can buy it? them on
2: amazon they're not that expensive and um definitely worth investing in
3: for me, maternity pads, when I left the hospital, I didn't realise just how much you needed them. You know, people talk about bleeding after. I thought, oh, it would just be like a period. But it's not. It's, it's a lot more. Um, so, yeah, don't underestimate how many maternity pads you need. I just got them from Boots, and they were great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a key statement. Don't underestimate how many you need.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because some people can bleed for, like,
2: six weeks. Yeah, so, you need to be prepared for that, yeah. definitely. Um, so, the next product, well, it's it's kind of a, it's a bit of a luxury thing to do, but it's definitely essential after you've had a baby. Salt baths. Um, if you've had any experience with um, episiotomies and you've got stitches down there, you know the best way to heal is using salt. Obviously, don't go too aggressive on the kitchen salt, but <laughs> you can just open up your kitchen cupboard if you, you know, if you haven't gone out and specifically bought any. And just when you're running a hot bath, just put a load of salt in there because you do heal up quicker.
3: Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually. Um, another healer is anusol. Um, I'd never heard of it before um, I was pregnant and I thought that hemorrhoids were really, you know, something that only old men maybe got. Um, And then I remember the midwife coming round and I'd be like, oh, I had to do a poo and it was really hurt. It was horrible. And I could hear my mum laughing because she told me that this was going to happen. I just chose to not believe her but yeah you, you need it yeah. i think most people
2: suffer afterwards still i'm still suffering now yeah
3: i mean it's it's, it's got to be in your bathroom cabinet yeah it really does <laughs>
2: and also another tip with anusol once you've sorted out your hemorrhoids out you can use it underneath your eyes so oh yeah it's really good at shrinking black bags underneath your eyes because obviously it tightens, that's what it does it shrinks yeah, the blood vessels yeah. and stuff so you know, once you've sorted your bum out, you sort your face out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think um, another key product for us is Lanosol. So it's all to do with nipple prep. If you are going to breastfeed, you need yeah. to make sure that before you have the baby, you're using this product a lot on your nipple to kind of soften up, make sure that your nipples are ready for breastfeeding. And then also in between every single breastfeed, yeah. just slather this stuff on yeah, because you your do. nipples get so sore. Again, don't underestimate the oozing, the bleeding. Not many women take to breastfeeding like that. No. Nice. They I definitely don't. Didn't. I didn't. Yeah. And
3: also, you can use it as a lip balm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you did enjoy it uh, we'd love you to subscribe rate and review what you heard today because it kind of helps us reach out to other people of course you can get in touch with us anytime you like via the website made you can also contact us and send us messages at my instagram which is at zoe hardman or at made by
3: so all the products that we spoke about today will be up on the website so take a look at that thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week thanks